Welcome once again to the radio ministry of of Jackson First Baptist Church. It's my privilege, Keith Joseph, as senior pastor, to come to you on this wonderful Sunday afternoon to share with you God's Word. We're thankful every week to understand that we stand on the Word of God. In an unstable world, we have the truth of God's Word. We want you to know at Jackson First Baptist Church, we are committed not only to say that we believe the Word, but also to practice the Word of God. We're living in a time in which the the world is trying to redefine the Word of God and, and trying to redefine everything in the Word of God. But we stand faithful and true to the Word of God as it is written, knowing this, that it is profitable for every generation. Some would say, well, Pastor, we know more now than we knew when God wrote His Word. But wait a minute. That, that's true about us, but that has nothing to do with God's Word. Here's why. Because God is eternal in His knowledge and in His life. And because God is eternal in His knowledge, God knows everything before it ever gets there, and all knowledge begins with Him, and He has complete knowledge. So to say that times are different than they were when the Bible was written, so that we need to redefine and rewrite the Bible and update it, is a ridiculous statement for someone who says they believe in God, because if you believe in God and His Word, you know that our minds are finite, And God is infinite. Well, enough of that said, as I want to get into what we are focusing on in these weeks together, I want to focus with you in the book of 1 Peter. And last week we began this study together. I want to give you 14 principles of hope from God's Word. Someone said this about hope. When you have hope, you can endure a lot of things. For example, if your house burns to the ground, if you have hope, you'll get on past it. If, if you go through divorce, but you still have hope, you will continue on. Someone else said this, if you lose hope, no matter how much you have in the world, it will still not be enough when you lose hope. This was illustrated a couple of Sundays ago, maybe three now. I read the tragic story on 53rd Street in New York City. A woman stepped out onto the balcony of, of her fifth-story fifth apartment went across the barrier that was put there and turned around and reached and picked up her five-year-old child and together they, that she leaped with her child out off the building onto the street. The news reported that they both died from injuries on the way to the hospital. As I thought about that, my heart broke and I read the article where that she was under the care of a doctor who said these words, she had gotten so depressed with life that she lost all hope. Maybe you're listening to this radio program today as you travel and maybe you've come to a place of almost losing hope. Can I say this to you? There is hope. But that hope is out is beyond your circumstance. It's, it's away from that. But that hope is willing to come to your circumstance. And that hope is Jesus Christ. Years ago, as I was doing a radio program in another city, in another state, I made this statement. Here's the statement. Don't take your life because there's hope. There was an individual on the end of that radio ministry somewhere in another city who at that moment was sitting with a gun in their mouth, getting ready to take their life and had the radio on. And I came on and said that statement. So today I'm saying to you, the devil will try to rob you of your hope. 
But if you are like what Peter writes about, he says our hope is firmly placed in Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 5, he puts it this way, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that in due time, God will lift you up. Last week, Peter began in his writing saying to us the first principle. And it's, an, it's an amazing principle. He says this, consider your life as being filled with God-sized opportunities. Peter was writing to those who, who were now getting ready to face persecution. And he says to them, to those who are elected by God in the dispersion, and he lists the places, and he says it's God's in His foreknowledge, has elected you to be obedient in this time. So here's the thing. If you look at your life with the right principle, you realize this, that you are given an opportunity by the God who loves you and empowers you. Today, we come to principle number two, which is in 1 Peter 3, excuse me, chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Here's what it says, and I read the Word of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, it's undefiled, it's unfading, it is kept in heaven for you. Who are the you? Those who know Christ who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revealing of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. You are obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Did you hear what Peter said? We have a living hope. When I look at this text, I realize that, that there is a principle here for those who look at their life through the lens of Christ. Here is the principle, principle of hope number two. Here it is, live every day by faith and not by sight. Live every day by faith and not by sight. You know and I know that if we only look at our circumstances and all that surrounding that, we will lose hope. But if we live beyond what we see to what God has promised to do, then we have hope. Now you say, Pastor, do you really live your life always by faith and not by sight? No, friends, sometimes I make the tragic mistake of living my life by what I see. And when I do, I get frustrated. When I do, I try to jump in with my, my body and my mind to try to make a difference. Some of you right now may be frustrated with God. Because you are putting before Him what you think is His plan, and it doesn't seem to be being answered by God. But, but in reality, it is not His plan. It is what you want. And so you are pushing your agenda to God, and God will never give you your agenda. God only gives you what His agenda is, and His agenda is far better than yours and mine. 
Peter here was writing and he wanted to remind the people to live by faith and not by sight. And he did this by reminding them, and it's so important that you get this, he gives them three reasons why they're to live by faith and not by sight. The first reason is this, we live by faith and not by sight because of what God has already done. Peter said that God has already extended mercy in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know what mercy is. Mercy means that that God extends kindness to us that maybe is undeserved. That most certainly is undeserved. Why would you give kindness to somebody who's against you? Why would you give kindness and mercy to someone who hates you? But the Bible says that Jesus Christ came to this earth. But not only that, you know what Jesus is doing? Jesus is saving people. Here the Bible says in the text, I love this, He has caused us to be born again. Literally the text is saying He did it all Himself. It was God who did it. He caused us to change from one form to the other. And so I want to tell you this today. I live my life by faith and not by sight because of what God's done. He has saved me. And the Bible says He gives us a living hope. The King James Version of the Bible uses the word lively. I look that word up and it speaks about something that's briskly alert, something that is energetic. Let me ask you this. Are you briskly alert today? Are you energetic or on this Sunday afternoon, are you absolutely exhausted? You see, God intends for the first day of the week to be a time for us to rest and to refuel and to refocus But you see, if we're living by sight, we will not do that. Here's why. Because we realize that there's so much to do, and so we don't have any downtime. And in America today, because of the redefining of priorities, people are less and less seeing the value of going to church. For me, church is so valuable. We, we put everything around Sunday so that we could refuel, refocus, and rest. Listen to me today. Many of you are traveling somewhere and you haven't been to the house of God in a long time. This is why you're discouraged. This is why you're losing hope. This is why there's anger and resentment. It's because you have failed to go to the house of God to worship God. But Peter says, live by faith and not by sight. Why? Because of what he's done. If you're in church, you'll be reminded of that. Secondly, we live by faith and not by sight because of what God is presently doing. What's God doing? Here, Peter gives us this great news that those who know Christ, that this world is not our home, that we have an inheritance. Oh, I love that. We have an inheritance in heaven. One translation puts it this way, a priceless inheritance. This inheritance, according to Scripture, is imperishable. That means it will never be taken away. It is undefiled. Nothing will corrupt it. I love this. In heaven, if you are a Christian, you have a new body waiting for you. In heaven, if you are a Christian, you will be just like Jesus. Now, if you're not a Christian, you're not going to be in heaven. But through Christ, you can be. In heaven, you'll have a complete new nature. Oh, I'm so excited about that. I'm going to live my life by faith now and not by sight, knowing that God is going to change me. And also this, I realize this, in heaven, there will be no war. 
There will be no W-A-R. There's war on this earth. In Revelation 21, 22 through 27, in that great picture of heaven, John says this, that there's no darkness there, there'll be no locks on the doors, and nothing defiled will ever enter into that place. You see, on this side of heaven, the devil has infiltrated everything. He's infiltrated our homes, our hearts, our minds, our streets, and our churches. But in heaven, that will not be the case. You see, God has prepared a place for us. It, 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 it is imperishable. It's undefiled. And praise God, it is unfading. When something is unfading, that means that no matter how many times it goes through the wash cycle, it retains its color. It retains its beauty. Can I tell you this, friend, that God Almighty in heaven is working on a place for you that makes this life worth enduring. Yes, this life is worth enduring. You need to be reminded this life is not all there is. But also this, you need to realize that God is helping you get through trials. Here it says, Peter promises us for a little season, things will get heavy. The word heavy means to be sad, to, to suffer, to be in dread, to be distressed, to be grieved. What are various heavy moments? One author put it this way, it is a painful circumstance allowed by God to mold your character and conduct. That author, James McDonald, goes on to say this, that the toughest part of a journey is when it hurts. It's kind of like, he says, a trial. A trial that is kind of like a, a bounce check. A bounce check is this, it is a problem that you do not have the resources to solve. Peter says, don't live by sight, live by faith because God is working. On this side of the trial, it's heavy. But when He comes out to the other side, it will be gold. Lastly and finally, oh, I wish I had more time here. If you want to know more about this, you can, you can go online to our website at jacksonfbc.com and receive information. You can actually receive a whole message on the subject matter of the principle of hope. But i got to tell you this. We live by faith, lastly, and not by, by sight because of what God is about to do. What is God about to do? God is about to return. Listen to this. God says, though you have not seen me, love me. Though you not see me now, believe and rejoice with joy inexpressible and filled with glory. You will obtain the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Friend, I live by faith today and not by sight because my faith says that Jesus is coming again for me, either in death or in His second coming. Now, I want you to lean into these last few moments that I have. Listen to me. Are you living by faith or living by sight? If it's by sight, all that you see is discouraging you. But if you'll turn and say, Lord, save me, or as a Christian, if you'll turn back and say, God, I'm coming home. God can use you, child of God. If you're in the fight right now, don't look at what you see. Don't look at what you hear. Live by the faith in the God who loves you. And friend, we at Jackson First Baptist Church love you and would love to see you on Sunday morning at a live service with us. Always remember, God loves you and so do we.